and we testify that Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Where we can turn to our God. Lord, we thank you for our, our great friend, Jesus. And Lord, we come to you right now for your preaching power, Father. Lord, we, your servants here, please speak. Have your way in this place. Our heart are yours. Our minds are yours. Our ears are yours. Have your way. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can turn to uh, Old Testament, to the book by the prophet Daniel, looking at the third chapter, looking at a familiar, maybe some of our favorite Bible <coughs> account, dealing with those Hebrew boys that seem to always get up in a hot situation. But they always escape. I want to deal with this morning, if you will, knowing unable God. Tell your neighbor, knowing unable God. You help me announce this title. We're going to deal with this for the next few Sundays, dealing with how to live a life, knowing unable God. When knowing something is able, you know, it has the capacity, the potential of completing an action. Knowing that God is able, knowing that he's able to complete an action. Many times we are not able to do some stuff because we need some assistance. Can't make it from day to day without maybe your cup of coffee. May not be able to make it. Day to day, if you don't watch your favorite show that afternoon. Some things in life we feel like I can't make unless I, I'm not able to make unless I have these, some of these comforts in life. But if all those things were moved away, I, I guarantee there's something that can step in. That can help you out when everything else falls apart, when everything else may not come as it should come. But there's one person I know who's always able. And not always able, but also always available. Even more than that, always listening. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? And so we want to look at a God that is able. Looking at a God that's able that no matter what we're facing in life, he's able to bring us through. No matter what calamities may fall our way, it does not change who he is. Looking at Daniel, third chapter, reading from the New Living Translation, I'm going to pick up at verse 13. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have, ma I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able 
to rescue you from my power. Did everybody read that with me? That was a man saying, what God is able to rescue you from my hand? Y'all saw that there, right? I'm not making anything. So keep your Bible open let you know I'm not telling you a lie. Here it is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. What I want to highlight here is that, but even if, he doesn't. We've made up our minds. We'd rather die than be unfaithful. We've already decided that we won't go back on our word, that we won't bow down to your God, nor your gold statue. And even if he does not so what we want to make it clear to you, Nebuchadnezzar. Look at this. Knowing an able God is knowing this, that God can defend you. Look at what they're saying here. They're saying we don't have to say anything, just watch us. Am I talking to somebody? Many times we want to defend ourselves saying vain repetition words over and over again, but people are not listening to you. They want to see you live it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked at this king and let this king know that I can defend myself, but you're not going to listen to me, so let me just show you that I will just stand on what we're standing on. We're standing on the promise of the Lord. We understand here that you told us to bow down, but did you not get the selected people from Israel? Look in Daniel 1st chapter, they chose the top of the line. Those who were smart and wise, those who were educated, and these educated young men knew what God said, that thou shalt not have any gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven images and worship them of earth, of heaven, or below. And I believe these educated men understood what they learned first, that they shall not. When you know an able God, you know some shall not. Thou shall not commit adultery. Hello. Thou shall not steal. Hello. Thou shall not covet thy neighbor's goods. Hello. When you know an able God, you realize that it might look greener on the other side. But you're not living on the other side. Because if you're living on the other side, you might have some hell you might be dealing with over there on the other side. Too many times we want what somebody else has and we're not dealing with what God has already given us. And if I can tell you for a moment, that's why you're not happy. Because you don't know what God has given you because you're too busy trying to find what somebody else has. But you said, right, me, second, and Bendigo realize that the God whom we serve, Tell somebody, the God that I serve, he is able. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, come on, say it with an attitude. Let him know my God is 
You, you get excited about your child. That's my boy. That's, that's my daughter. They, they did that. Well, get excited about your God. Say, that's my God. He is able. Yes, he is. See, because when you know an able God, you can just stand there and be still and know. Oh, I'm talking to somebody in this place. Oh, I, I won't be in front of y'all long. Y'all got me going. I'm telling you. Because when you know an able God, there's no reason for you to speak. All you got to do is just stand and God will talk for you. Because they said, look, okay, there's no need for us to say anything. Because we've already made up our minds. When you know an able God who's willing to defend you, you know that your life is in his hands. But on the flip side is that that means he will do whatever he wants with that life. And the problem is that we want to take our life back. Uh, Romans 12 says, present your body as a living sacrifice. So therefore, as a living sacrifice, you are alive and awake, laying down, willing to be sacrificed. Let me bring this home. If I am laying on a table and I see somebody about to cut me open, I'm about to move. Because I see what that person's about to do and it looks like it's going to hurt. And I don't want to go through any pain. But yet when we are on God's table as a sacrifice to him, when you let him do the work that needs to be done, you're going to walk out a whole lot better than when you came in. But if you keep on squirming and fighting him, you're not letting him be God, and you're trying to say, I can take care of it myself. <clears throat> Too many times in our lives, we think we're able when we're not capable. We think we're able when we're truly unable. We're so full of pride. That we can't humble ourselves and ask somebody for help. We're so full of pride that we will tell everybody else what we don't know, acting like we know. Because we're too ashamed to act like we don't know. That's why I had to add it in my own vocabulary to say I don't know sometimes. I said sometimes. Still working on it. Because i got to work on my own pride. I like to know a lot of stuff. I like to think I'm intelligent and smart and answer any questions that throw my way. I just want to be that person. That's what I want to be. I want to be that one that's on jeopardy and say, yes, I can get all those columns. And when I don't know stuff, I go look it up. That's what I want to be. And so it gets so big in me that sometimes people ask me some questions I don't know. And I start talking about stuff I don't know about. And they start looking at me. And I'm looking at them. And they say, that's not what I'm talking about. Then I got to step back and say, oh, I must not know what you're talking about. I'm sorry, I, I do not know. Because I thought I was able, but yet I am limited to what I can do. But yet on the flip side, you see a king, Nebuchadnezzar, who thinks that he is able to do some things that he can't do. When you know an able God that's able to defend you, you also know there's a God that will also test you. Uh, somebody need to write that down. 
God will test you, others will tempt you. Somebody need to write that down. God will test you. Why would he give a test? He gives you a test so you can see how good you are. Others will tempt you not to prove how good you are, but to show you how bad you can be. You see, when they tempt you, they're not in it for your best benefit. When they tempt you, it's all about the tempter. Getting what they can get from you. And then once they got everything they want from you, they're done with you. But when God tests you, it opens you up for him to deal with you some more. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fiery furnace as a test. King Nebuchadnezzar called them into his throne room for a temptation. Look at the text. It said that the Chaldeans or the astrologers in round verse 8 noticed that brought to the king's attention that good king, good king, good king, uh, remember that good statue you made and, and how you made all those music and you were supposed to bow down when we hear this music? Well, them Jews, they're disrespecting you. They're not doing as you ask. They, they're not being obedient. Uh, didn't you say you're going to throw them in the fiery furnace? Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar got mad now. In my imagination, I can see why King Nebuchadnezzar got mad. Well, first and foremost, these are people taking the captivity that he promoted. Secondly, that he did this as a favor for Daniel, who gave him a great, interpreted his dream. And so these ungrateful ingrates uh, who don't do what I asked them to do say, well, bring him here. Oh, that's what King Nebuchadnezzar did. And then he came forward and said, look here, it's just us now. And here in this throne room. So when the music is played, go ahead and bow down. Oh, isn't that how temptation works? Oh, we get you out from your peers where you can look good in the public, but we get you around uh, when it's just us. You know, just us. You, 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 right there, yeah, yeah, just us. Uh, go ahead, we can drink a little, puff, puff, pass a little. We can go ahead and stay late a little. We do that with us, because why? We won't tell on us. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm full of, full of saints here. There ain't done no wrong. Huh? Let me just talk to Sam for a moment. Come here, Sam. Sam, uh, you've you, you been there, have you? You've been there. You've been there with just us. You, you got down, and you went out stealing. You went out lying, robbing. And, and then all of a sudden, one of y'all got caught, and you realized just us ain't going to have no justice. So you, you done changed around and realized it wasn't just you, but it should be just God. We get caught up being just by ourselves. Think we're going to get away with some stuff, but when just us get just caught, just us want some justice. When justice comes, you're going to get condemned because you got caught. But I'm so glad that God tells us how to live so we don't get caught up in that craziness, in that mess, in that confusion of thinking if I just do it now, it'll be okay. Isn't that how Adam... Got, and Eve got fooled by the serpent. Oh, you surely won't die if you touch it. He done changed up the words. Touch it. Come on to see. Yeah, sure enough, do look good tree. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it's good. God told them to stay away from the tree. They came up and touched it. God told them don't eat the tree. They touched it. Mm. I wonder what it might taste like now. Yeah, go ahead and eat. Surely you won't die if you eat it. 
Death, we haven't even seen death. What is death? Uh, will, will we really perish? Let's find this out. Mm, so enough is good. Let me go tell Adam. Just us. Just us. Adam and Eve, just us. And this snake here talking to us. Just us. And all of a sudden they found it wasn't just them, does it? God came calling. They went hiding. That's what's going to happen. God gives us tests to show us how good we can be. The enemy tries to tempt us so we can be farther away from God and be ashamed of ourselves. King Nebuchadnezzar says, look here, if you just bow down right here, it'd be all right. And, and I, I heard this minister share this, and I, and I like this. I, I started, he says this, that musicians who can sing in the key of F, there's only one key, and one key of F, and they will give this one finger sign. This one finger sign lets them know that I'm going to be in the key of F. And, and so that's my tune. So when you play my tune, I'm, I'm going to sing. And I can see Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego living in the key of F. And the key of F, when they stand for faith. And, and I realized Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looking at the king. And the king said, how come you did not bow down? They said, they did not play my song. When we are living under an able God who's able to defend us and we know he's going to test us, we know that our God is going to make sure that he gives us music that we can play with. He won't give us that mess that we don't want, but he'll make sure he plays our tune. And we're walking by faith. We know that I don't just go by everything. Jesus said, my sheep uh, Know my voice, and I know their name. Aren't so glad that God knows who you are. And since he knows who you are, he knows all about your troubles. And since Meshach, Meshach and Abednego knew that they God whom they serve knows them, they looked at the Nebuchadnezzar who did not know their God, tell them, but our God is able. Nebuchadnezzar had himself compared to God, say, what God's? can separate you, I'm sorry, what God can take you out of my hands or from this furnace? Who will deliver you? Who will save you? This King Nebuchadnezzar, look what he has done. He's already conquered the mighty Israelites. Then time in history, they believed that if they won a war, the gods were on their side. So King Nebuchadnezzar had a full right to believe that the gods were on his side. I already defeated you. You're living a defeated life. I have you in captivity. You're my servant. And so you should do whatever I tell you to do. Little word of note here. Many of us may be at a job and working for an employee and you're under their obedience. But it does not mean that you should disobey God to honor them. I got a few claps in here. A few claps in here. See, I, I know you want to get that paycheck, but I, 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 I think our God is able. Oh, I'm, 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 I, I think I lost some people. They, I started talking about that money. They got to keep that money in their pocket. They, they say, I know God is able, but so is this $100 in my hand is able. But I'm telling you here that even if your boss is trying to get you to do some things that's against your God, you should be able to look them up in the face and say, I don't have to tell you anything, but just watch me live. I'm going to honor my God. Some of y'all might get on your way home. Some of y'all failing the test right now because you're not doing it. But will you just trust God? Knowing that he will test you. Because the God we serve, we serve, not the other way around. God's not our servant. 
We are his servants. God does not do what we tell him to do. We do his will. And when we get that in proper perspective, we understand that he's able to defend us and he's able to deliver us. Do you see that right there? Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says that, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Verse 17 says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power your majesty. I want to stick it right here because we get excited at that part. But you see the second verse? But if he does not. When I looked at that, I, I said, wait a minute. The, you said he will deliver you, but then you would say, but if he does not. What, what's the problem here? Then my mind started going back to Job, though he slayed me. Yet I will trust him. Why the hypocrite cannot stand before God. Hello. What they're saying that we will honor God until we die. And if God does not do what we expect him to do, it does not change him for who he is. What I'm trying to say is some of y'all might be praying for some things to come and they just have not come. It does not change God from whom he is. I, I believe uh, uh, Mary and Martha believed that Jesus could save their brother, but he didn't show up on time as they thought. And so they said, if you would have been here earlier, Lazarus would not have been dead. Oh, they felt forgotten. They felt neglected. They were upset with Jesus. I, how dare you? But they say, I know, I know I'll see him in the resurrection. They, they believe that there's going to be a resurrection, but Jesus let them know, I can make him rise up right now. Because I'm able to do so. What about that man in leprosy came out to him saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. He didn't ask, are you able? He already knew he was able. He just came by and said, Lord, if you're willing. What I'm trying to point out, many of you are trying to get some stuff with the wrong stuff. And that's why God's not willing to bless you because you're not willing to do his will. I'm going to let that stick there for a moment. Because you're not willing to do his will. You are missing out on his blessings. Simply goes that when you stay with God, you stay under his covering, under his protection. Because look what happens when you allow God, who is able to defend you and deliver you, you discover his great power. <laughs> look at verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Tell somebody, that's hot. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing fire. So they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire and furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Sarah, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But I like verse 24. But suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yeah. 
I said, tie them up. Three men. And threw them into the furnace, sir. Let me say it again. I said, tie them up. Three men. And threw them into the furnace. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look. Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men. Unbound. Walking around. In the fire. Unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. You see, knowing a God that is able to defend you, knowing a God that's able to deliver you, you're able to discover the fullness of God. Because when they let God have his way, they open up to see some limits that they did not know was possible. Because when you do not let God be God, you put limits on him. How you put limits on God? Well, I say, God, I trust you, but only this far. Well, you're only going to go so far. You only trust God so far, you're only going to go so far. Come here, Peter. Peter, going to be our tutor real quick. Peter, uh, Jesus, uh, can I get out on the water? Come, okay. Peter could only go so far until he asked. He stayed on the boat until he what? He asked. Jesus said, come. He came. When we walk by faith, we can only go so far. But when we ask God, he'll give us the opportunity to stretch out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said God is able to deliver us. And he will rescue us from the fiery furnace. But if he does not, we still know that he is God. But be known to you, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to bow down and give in to your temptation. King Nebuchadnezzar said, whatever, I'm, I'm so hot, mad and hot with you. I'm so hot, I'm going to get my furnace just as hot as I am. I'm so hot, I'm going to get my mighty men, my strong men, to get y'all fools out of my face. But they're dead now. They died throwing them into the furnace. But look at this here. If they died throwing them into the furnace, should it at least caught their attention at first why they were not being burnt up? The other three as they landed into the furnace? That, that would have got me first. But you see, it must have been such a quick drop from that furnace because it says, but immediately they saw them unbound, walking around, unharmed. And it wasn't just three, but it was four. Nebuchadnezzar, who don't know God, realized it had to be something supernatural and said it must be. <laughs> Somebody looked like a God up in there. I'm so glad how the Bible tells me how there's some angels that can look around and camp around us. I'm so glad how Elijah was able to say there's more for us. <laughs> Then there is again. So open up your eyes. See those fiery chairs of those angels on our sides. Realizing here that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was able to walk in to this fiery circumstance, they realized that they were unharmed because when they walked out, said not one of their heads were burnt. They did not smell like smoke. Didn't he not read they were fully clothed? Turban, pants, coats, and all. But yet, the only thing that was different was they walked out unbound. When you let the enemy tempt you, he will bind you up and keep you locked up that you can't go nowhere. But when you trust in God, God will set you free. Tell somebody, God is able. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh, I'm glad that I serve an able God. Because when I know I'm able God, then I know that no matter what I am going to face, 
my God is able. So let that be in your prayer life. Lord, I, is this marriage going to be? I know you are able, God. Let me surrender to your will. Because see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not just go on their whim, but they went by the word of God. The word of God is have no gods before me. The word of God is have no graven images made in the image of God to be worshipped. Verse uh, Exodus 23 and 4 says, you shall not make an idol in, in my likeness. He's telling them this. And so they knew this law. And so therefore they realized that I will honor God's word in our marriages, in our jobs, in our relationships, in our life. We need to honor God's word. And when we honor God's word, we honor because we know he is able. And when you know that he is able, it's amazing how things look rough. Things look seven times hotter than they could have been. But how you can walk out unharmed, unbound, not looking defeated, but walking out with victory. Because God has made us more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strengths. Who can separate me from the love of God? Not height, not depth, not nakedness, not trial, not principalities. Aren't you glad we can go through the Bible and see how God said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Aren't you glad how God told Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So therefore be strong and of good courage. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Though armies may encamp around me, they will stumble and fall. Why? Because my God is able. Good God from Zion. I'm trying to leave you alone, but I just want to let you know that God is able. So I want you to walk in your life knowing you serve an able God. I want you to go back to your marriage. Go back to your workplace. Go back to your college, your school, and realize whatever tests come your way, how people may tempt you when they come, you stand there and know that my God is able. Oh, bully, you trying to knock me down and beat me down, but my God will defend me. You trying to make sure I lose my job, but my God is able to provide for me. The devil's trying to break out my marriage, but Jesus said that what God has put together, let no man put asunder. My God is able. You have me thinking, Satan, that I've done so much I can't come to him, but God is able, able to forgive me of all my sins. Wash them with the blood of Jesus. Put me on solid ground after you turn me around. I'm so glad that God is able. And I want you to know that God is able. And if you know that God is able, you need to tell somebody, my God is able. And when you tell somebody, my God is able, you need to qualify and say, my God whom I serve is able. He is able. But yet, is it the God you serve? Because money is not able. Lust is not able. Cars are not able. When we look at the blood 
of Jesus that was able. It wasn't ox blood. It wasn't turtle dove. It, it wasn't a, uh, any other lamb, but the lamb of God who take away the sins of the world, who they hung on a tree. They stretched him wide. That so unable God, a God that's able to take all our sins and forgive us. A God that we know no matter what we face, we can call on him and he can deliver us. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Tell somebody, that's an able God. So no matter what you're dealing with in your life, God is able to deliver you. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father, we come to you thanking you that you are an able God. And Lord, we realize that we are called to serve you and we are made for your purpose. And Father, we ask you to have your way in our lives. We ask you, Lord, forgive us of our sins. The times that we've given in to temptation, the times that we did not stay obedient to you, we turn back to you right now, knowing that you are able to provide for us, able to heal a hurting heart, able to calm a confused mind, able to reconcile a relationship. Lord, we give it to you because you are alone are able. And Father, Lord, we pray that someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, we thank you, God, that you are able to forgive them, and you will forgive them of all their sins. Lord, I pray that they confess right now and just give it over to you. And now live a life, Lord, for you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for salvation. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the grave on the third day. And seated right now at the, hand of the right hand of the Father, interceding, asking God to forgive us on our behalf. And Father, here we stand, asking you to come into our hearts and be our Lord and be our Savior. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that the God's people say amen. amen. May we stand and extend the hand of discipleship.